Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Tony Defio, and you are listening to the Steelers Retro Show. Yes, you're getting all the up-to-date Steeler news around the clock since we are in the regular season. But Tony, it's great to go back in time, and we're going back in time to a good one today. How are you, my friend? I am doing great. I can't wait to, to dive into this game. It was one of my favorite games of recent memory. Yeah, it is. And we, we hit the 80s. We're going to be hitting the 70s. We've been back to the 90s. We went back to 2002 not too long ago. This is a very important game that ended in a Super Bowl season. So it's very special to us. And not only that, it's against those Baltimore Ratbirds that I don't mm-hmm. know about you. I don't, how is it in Pittsburgh? Because I live in Maryland. I know Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield. They're with me here in Maryland. And, you know, it's, it's just rough having to deal with those black and purple guys all the time, spouting their stuff. And I, is it just as bad there? Yeah, we don't, we don't really like the Ravens all that much here. Uh, <laughs> I think they're, they're right after the Patriots. You know, there's a natural Browns hate, hatred. But, yeah, the Ravens, uh, they're kind of like the, the Steelers in a lot of ways. So, naturally, we, we hate them because they're, they're a lot like us. Well, being division rivals, they are public enemy number one today. And they were back when we are going to go back in time. In our BTSC black and gold DeLorean, do you want to drive today, Tony, or should I? You go ahead and drive. Okay, I'm going to get this up to 88 miles per hour. So here we go. Okay, we are back in time when Beverly Hills Chihuahua was top of the box office, Tony. It confused a lot of a lot of moviegoers who were expecting to see Eddie Murphy, but not a dog in a sombrero. I'm sure you <laughs> saw that about three or four times. Oh, of course. Eddie Murphy's one of my favorites of all time. But not Beverly Hills Chihuahua. No, no, no. I'm thinking more like, <laughs> uh, like uh, Coming to America, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, Coming to America is coming back, too. There's going to be a sequel finally 32, 33 years later. I cannot wait. I even have my 13-year-old son watching it and uh watching the original and my wife uh frowned upon it at first but she sat down and started laughing <laughs> so uh you and i we're gonna let our soul glow here that's and right then I fast, keep going. fast forward past the past the bathing part in the beginning and you're fine <laughs> also big on the radio was pink's so what you know my wife's a big pink fan and i actually am too tony do you like mm-hmm. pink oh she's she's a great artist very 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 good and the Dow Jones slumped 777 points and what was the biggest single-day drop ever. Welcome, Tony, to September 29th, 2008. Yes, I remember uh, gas prices up around $4.30 at that point. So I, I, w- I definitely needed a diversion in, in the form of some great Steelers action. You always need a, a diversion <laughs> when That's it right. comes to Steelers action. You That's love right. going back in time. Do you remember, besides gas prices, what you were doing back then? I was a store manager. I was playing flag football. I was playing volleyball, doing a lot of running. Great days. You know what? I, was, uh, I had a 13-month-old child. My son was 13 at the time. My wife was pregnant with my, uh, my daughter. And I remember... We were all in the uh, back bedroom. My wife was uh, trying to go to sleep, and I put the game on back there. Why I didn't go to the living room, I don't, I don't really know. 
But so I was actually on the floor, not even in bed. I was on the floor watching the game. I could remember um, watching the Steelers game, knowing how important it was. You know, the Steelers were hosting the Ravens on Monday Night Football to complete week four. And the Ravens were 2-0, and so they had a bye in there. They had a brand-new coach, a brand-new quarterback, uh, John Harbaugh, Joe Flacco. They started off 2-0 and together, which at the time was a big deal for a rookie quarterback and a rookie coach to be able to do that together. Rex Ryan's defense wasn't ranked as high as usual, but you still had Ed Reed, you had Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, Bart Scott, can't wait, and Haloti Nada. <laughs> they were a dangerous bunch. How criminally dangerous they were, we did not know until later on Monday Night Football that night, Tony. The Steelers, they were what, two and one coming into this game, right? Yeah, they were two and, two and one. Uh, they started off two and zero, oh, and then they they played that disaster of a game in Week Three against the Eagles, where Ben was oh. under siege the whole game. So that kind of carried over into uh, into Week Four. The uh, Roethlisberger looked pedestrian in that game. Um, he uh, he wasn't, and he was injured a little bit too. So he was beat up coming in. The offensive line was the wrong kind of offensive. And we're not mm-hmm. going to get deep into that because we don't want another uh, Justin Hartwig situation. Um, <laughs> it really wasn't Justin, but uh, the offensive line was, uh, was rough at the time. And the defense wasn't sharp either, Tony. They had to get a win to get on, back on track. And then you have your uh, better rival visiting. It's even more crucial. So the game starts and the hard hitting just started right away. Injury right away. And it was a scary one. What happened, Tony? Yeah, Andre Frazier suffered a, uh, I think it was a back injury on, on, on the opening kickoff. And, and it, it, I remember I was driving home from work going to, to meet somebody at, at, in the strip district to watch the first half of the game. And, and it, it sounded pretty somber as I listened to the broadcast. But, but he, uh, yeah, Andre Frazier, who was a reserve linebacker, suffered a, a pretty bad uh, back injury. And they, they had to uh, bring out the cart and, 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 and take him off the field. It was pretty unfortunate. We were just glad to see that his legs were moving as uh, that was mentioned from the, uh, the broadcast team uh, from ESPN at the time. I believe it was Mike Tirico who was doing it. Uh, and I was just, I was worried because, you know, when you see that card come out, you, you really, uh, and we've seen it with Ryan Shazier. Uh, you and I were watching that uh, and doing the yeah. post game after, but it's just a helpless feeling. And on, on the first play of the game, you're even more helpless, but you know that this is just going to be a brutal game. And that's exactly what it was going to be. You know, the right. defense the defense was in trouble, too, because they had two guys out. Um, not only did they have Casey Hampton and Brett Kiesel out, but uh, they were playing against a run-first uh, team. But uh, luckily the defense was able to shut down Willis McGahee and LaRon McClain, who, if you don't remember LaRon McClain, the fullback, Tony, that guy was a, a huge monster that just beat up the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was part of that, that run first team that, that terrorized him that year and a little bit in the playoffs. I mean, he was, he was, a, he was a tough runner and, and he's going to play a, a factor in later on in this game. So the Steelers' first drive featured Ben Roethlisberger completions to Nate Washington, Heath Miller, Santonio Holmes, as well as a nice run by Richard Mendenhall, who was starting in this game. Uh, Willie Parker was out as well. So yeah. he wasn't in the game. You had Richard 
making, I believe, his first NFL start. And Richard made a mistake before the game. I'm not sure who the, uh, who the player was that uh, he played in college with that was a rookie for the Baltimore Ravens, but he sent a, you know, a good-natured note to him saying, hey, we're going to beat you this week, something like that. Yeah, that was, uh, I think it was a, a text, and, and I don't know why anybody gets offended by that because that's what they're trying to, they are trying to win, <laughs> but, but uh, apparently that didn't go over well with the Ravens, and, and uh, they wanted to teach him a lot. They wanted to teach a young rookie a lesson. Yeah, and we are going to get to that in a little bit because they sure did. Uh, you know, Ray Lewis got a hold of that. T. Sizzle, Terrell Suggs got a hold of that. And it was not a good thing. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But uh, Corey Ivey ended up sacking Ben on third down. And Pittsburgh had to settle for a Jeff Reed 49-yard field goal with 6.44 to go in the first quarter. It was 3 nothing. So that's a good way to start. But you weren't going to see much offense after that. Tony, on third and long during the next drive, Adam Terry, the left tackle, saw James Harrison blow by him and plant Flacco into the turf to force another punt. After the punt, Roethlisberger looked to go deep, but threw a five-foot pass right into the gut of Heoli Nada. I always have trouble with that name for the interception. Nada was a monster, but was not known for his interceptions, Tony. That led to a Matt Stover 33-yard boot to tie the game with only 22 seconds left in the quarter. What were you feeling when you were remembering the offense from a week before in Philadelphia and Ben throwing right into the belly of nada i remember I, I remember exactly where i was i was sitting at this place called crystals in the strip district this woman invited me the day before and i remember thinking wow uh this offense is pretty bad and it's going to be bad all year that's what actually was going through my mind that this offense was going to just be uh just because of the line and on this play ben went as you said he went to throw deep and he and he, and he he changed his mind at the last second and he just threw up a little, little uh, pop-up and, and, and not uh, intercepted it. So you were on a date, Tony? No, not as well. Not really, but this woman who worked there, she invited me there. I, I, I was trying to make a date, but it, it didn't work out. But that's where I watched the first half of that game. <laughs> you still had a better chance of scoring than the Steelers in this game. Um, exactly, I... at that point. <laughs> After stopping the Steelers, Flacco and his backfield, they drove down the field, aided by runs and passes to McLean and McGahee. The drive did halt, though, and the Steelers three and out. Stover converted another chip shot field goal, 6-3 to three lead for the Ravens. With less than four minutes in the half, here come the Yenzer Boo Birds. Not a good thing to have. At Heinz Field, as Roethlisberger was sacked twice, and he was sacked, what, nine times the week before in Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, he was, he was under siege, and he was under siege in this game. And, and after that first, that first field goal drive, they, they had a total of 14 yards over their next six drives. So that's, that's going to bring out the Boo Birds for sure. Absolutely. And to make things worse, Kendall Simmons goes down. He had to be helped yeah. off of the field after the second sack and uh, then the third of the game. Steelers offense was in the midst of an eight quarter drought and uh, the offensive lineman's sack performance of the week before uh, looked like an anomaly and uh, more like looked less like an anomaly and more like a persistent problem at this point. It, it right. wasn't good. So Flacco, he gets good field position and what happens, Tony? 
he drives him down the field and and late in the first half he finds I, I, I always forget tonight the guy's name uh a tight end wilcox for a for a, i want to say a four-yard score daniel wilcox yeah daniel wilcox and it's 13 to 3 now Stunned home crowd sat through halftime in disbelief, and it was just absolutely a mess, Tony. I mean, 13-3 with an offense that can't move the ball and against a Baltimore defense that is really good at shutting you down. What are you thinking here? I'm thinking at that point they're in big trouble. They started off 2-0, and and they had that loss against the Eagles, and the, the way the offense had looked pretty much – since the, the Cleveland game, they, they looked okay against the, the Texans in week one, but the Cleveland game, they struggled. They struggled against the Eagles. And uh, as we mentioned, the, the first half of this, this game, they, they did absolutely nothing. And it, it just looked like it was going to be a long night in front of the home fans on Monday Night Football. Absolutely. They needed that break at halftime to hopefully uh, regroup. And Tony, let's you and I regroup because this bad first half is bringing me down. So let's take a break. We're going to go to commercial and we will be back right after this. Welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me, the BTSC Hall of Famer, Tony Depio. <laughs> Tony, it's great to have you here. And I tell you what, we're down because the Steelers are down 13-3 to at halftime against the Baltimore Ravens, week four, Monday Night Football, 2008 this is a crucial game for them early in the season tony yeah the uh the steelers i think they they won one more game than the ravens did all year so yeah this this is this, this would prove to be a very pivotal matchup uh later on in the season in terms of uh winning the the afc north yeah they would eventually meet each other two more times in this season and both times there were a lot of stakes the December game that they met was for basically the division title. And that was uh, the first immaculate extension that people don't talk about with Santonio Holmes, not the Antonio Brown one. And the second one was in the AFC championship game, but we're going way too far in the future. We're talking about week four and the second half, Tony, did the Steelers get a chance to regroup or did it start off just as bad? It started off pretty pretty bad for most of the third quarter. Uh, actually, almost <laughs> almost into the fourth quarter, it 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 it, it, would, it was a uh, same old story. The offense just continued to struggle, but the Steelers uh, would would catch a break thanks to a, a Jared Johnson fifteen uh, yard penalty on on Heinz Ward uh, block out of bounds, and I think that was that was more Heinz Ward being the antagonist, and and that was a uh, part of his uh, repertoire during his career, and he certainly loved doing that doing that against the Ravens, and it proved to be pivotal in getting the Steelers back in this game. Yes, we're going to talk more about that because we're going to be talking about the B word, bounty, and Heinz Ward was a big part of that. But as we said, the second half didn't start off any better at all. That's where Richard Mendenhall got absolutely just creamed. He was walloped by Ray Lewis. He walked off the field with his shoulder hanging so low that right. – you were like, what's going on? Now you don't have Willie Parker. You see Richard, number 34, is the rookie. His, his shoulder is hanging all the way down to the turf. <sighs> it was ugly. The Steelers had to punt yet again. So this is why that play was significant. Because it launched this rivalry into even a nastier stratosphere, Tony. Instead of calling for help, 
Lewis boasted, you're done to the fallen Richard Mendenhall. Suggs later bragged on radio that a bounty was out on Mendenhall and Heinz Ward. In fact, here's his quote, Tony. The bounty was out on him, and the bounty was out on Ward. We just didn't get him between the whistles, said Suggs on ESPN's Mike and Mike. Man, he admitted to a major breach of a football law. The league did nothing to do nothing. Next year, yeah. they, uh, the next season, they, they took it out on the Saints. They went right. hard on Greg Williams and right. they definitely went, went hard on Sean Payton. He lost a year because of it. But this was a bounty game and nothing was done about it. Um, probably because the, the money wasn't disclosed like it was in New Orleans. But I cannot believe that the Ravens were never punished, Tony. I mean, how angry does that make you? Especially when you see when you see this guy, Ray Lewis, in a gold jacket, um, coming out of the tunnel, doing that yeah. stupid dance that he always does. Right. Look, I, I'm a fan, so I'm not afraid to say it. I hate that dance. I hmm. I live in, in Maryland and I'm not talking about the things that that uh we're going to allege that uh that he did and pleaded the right. fifth to way back in uh, nineteen ninety nine. All I'm going to talk about here is I abhor this guy because of this bounty. And I just, I, he is probably my uh, least liked NFL player of all time. Yeah, it, it doesn't sit well with me uh, because, as you said, they admitted it. And we just, a few months ago, Tomlin was in hot water for some supposed envelope that he gave James Harrison 10 years earlier that was, some people thought may have been a bounty. But I guess the only thing about this is, is it occurred literally a couple of years before all the, 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 the league tried to um, tried to uh, resolve the concussion issue, tried to really get a stranglehold on, on that. So maybe that's why uh, it, it doesn't get looked at as as poorly as, say, the, the, the Saints. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty low class to, to do that and then to brag about it afterwards. I mean, what? what what, 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 what was your main beef with Mendenhall? Because he said he was going to win a game. Come on. That's what they're, that's, they're all trying to win the game. Absolutely, they were. And here's, here's the problem with that. Now you have Kerry Davis, the fullback. He was a first-year fullback. And their third-down running back, Mowody Moore, who had a good week um, the next week in Jacksonville. And we didn't realize how good Mowody Moore was going to be for this team. But it was still scary because – they still couldn't get anything going. But luckily, fortunes finally shifted, as you mentioned earlier. Jared Johnson, um, he was never penalized for 15 yards in his entire career, um, which was six years. He got nailed for hitting Heinz Ward out of bounds. Ward was instigating, as he did <laughs> so well. And you love that because he really was instigating it. Probably had a good reason to do it. But Ward was sneaky that way. People don't realize uh, – how hard and tough, and uh, he was that Eddie Haskell type guy. He was, he was not afraid to needle you, like you were talking earlier, and everybody remembers him as the best blocking um, wide receiver in the uh, history of the NFL, and I tell you what, when you can get somebody to get under people's skins and, mm -hmm. and put out that uh, million-dollar smile and uh, do the what me – Oh, yeah. you got to love it. We hate it when anybody else does it. Right. When Hines did it, it was okay. So we're a little hypocritical there, but, you know, he was a great asset, Tony. Yeah, and, and, and that's a good part of this rivalry. Uh, 
uh, if you ever fast forward a couple of years to, to the divisional uh, round game against the Ravens at the end of the third quarter, when they're, when the teams are switching uh, sides of the field, you see Heinz Ward getting in and Jared Johnson getting in each other's face and like, they're both smiling at each other because it was a 21, 21 tie. And they were just, you could tell they were just enjoying themselves at that moment. Uh, uh, like the, uh, the, the kind of stakes that were, that, that, that the stakes were so high at that moment. So that was a good part of the rivalry, but in that case, Heinz Ward got the best of Jared Johnson. And you know what? So like I said, I live in Maryland and about five or six years ago, the Baltimore sun uh, they ran a poll. Who is your most hated Pittsburgh Steeler. And, you know, it could have been a number of guys. Heinz Ward's retired at this point, and he's mm -hmm. still number one. He is public enemy number one in Baltimore, and he always well, he, will be, I think. He was, he was voted a number of times the second dirtiest player in the league. And what did, what did he ever do other than talk a lot of trash and, and uh, block people? You know, so as it goes to show you, when, when it's like what Jerome Bettis said about punishing people, it's no fun when the rabbit gets the gun. And that, that's how Heinz Ward played his career. He, 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 did, he liked to dish out the, the punishment and, and not just take it. I love it. I, I, I don't remember that quote, honey. That is a fantastic quote. It's yeah. not fun when the rabbit gets the gun. Yes. That, that could be, Tony, you and I could record our own country single <laughs> it ain't no fun when the rabbit, rabbit gets, gets the gun. gun wow that's pretty good that's, that's... <laughs> i like how you came in there yeah that was a uh, harmony harmony i love it there we go so fortunes did shift a little bit towards the end of the third quarter um like we said um with 412 left in the third roethlisberger found santonio holmes across the middle he sprinted all the way into the end zone for a 38 yard score this was Santonio's San year, man, where he really, where he really put it together. And of course he put it together so much in the playoffs, but Absolutely. this was huge. The 38 yard score. They finally got back into this game. Now what's the score now? 13 to 10 at this point, 13 to 10 They're right back in it after struggling the entire, the first two and a half quarters, all of a sudden they're back in it. Yeah. And defense prevailed once again on the very next play after the kickoff. This is where Debo, this was James Harrison's huge year. He burst through, and he pummeled Joe Flacco. The ball spurted from the rookie's grasp, and Lamar Woodley, good old number 56, hustled to fall on the ball. Realizing that he was in the clear, he rolled over and sprang to his feet. He dashed all the way to glory for that touchdown. He leapt in the stands like he was in Lambeau Field and celebrated with a throng of gold black and gold clad fans it was absolutely fantastic just like that the Steelers were up 17 to 13 and the Heinz Field crowd became boisterous once again so Tony what are you thinking at this point it's the fourth quarter they finally they just got two touchdowns just like that I was I was I was ecstatic at that point I I, I right as this happened right after that happened I I left crystals in the strip to go meet my uncle in the South Hills at, at, at Canes. And that's where I enjoyed the rest of the game. But, but uh, at that moment, I, I thought the Steelers were, were uh, in, in command and I thought that they were going to, they were going to pull away at that point. With 1230 left in the game, the Steelers tried to put that nail in the Baltimore coffin. Roethlisberger ducks Bart Scott on a blitz. He found a wide open Heinz Ward who rumbled all the way down to the Raven 10-yard line 
for 49 yards on the play. However, Steelers had to settle for a Jeffrey Reed field goal. Your boy, Skippy. Mm-hmm. Um, so from 18 yards, it was you know just a chip shot when that drive stalled at the one-yard line. This was huge, Tony, because the score was 20-13 to 13 in favor of the home team, but if they get in the end zone, there's no worry at this point. Yeah, uh, scoring was hard to come by at this point uh, for this game. These two teams had such great defenses that if the Steelers could have gone up by 11 points, I think that would have been lights out for the Ravens. It would have been. Harrison and Woodley, thank goodness for these guys. They had an amazing season both over, uh, I believe, Woodley had 10 and a half sacks that year. The defensive player of the year, of course, was uh, James Debo Harrison, who had 16 sacks. They were just going crazy. Um, the, the, the clock was winding down, but however, Flacco completed a 35-yard pass to Derek Mason from the Steelers' 40-yard line. With second and goal to go, McLean's dominance, dominance continued. Remember, he had an awesome game. He ran over second-year man Lawrence Timmons for a five-yard touchdown. 4.02 left on the clock now. It's a 20-20 tie. And, Tony, I'm thinking this. Are you thinking, man, they got lucky with two scores and actually that third one right away, but they scored 17 points fast? Have they run out of options? Because this is a team that was not scoring the, uh, the past couple of games. Yeah, the Ravens were certainly ahead on points up, in, up until those, uh, those, those three quick scores by the Steelers, those three quick haymakers. And now uh, it looked like the Ravens, they survived that, and, and they were back in control of the game, even though it was a tie. It looked like they, they had all the, mo- the momentum with uh, four minutes still to go in the fourth quarter. So with 4.02 left, here comes the Steelers' offense. Then Kerry Davis goes down. So you have a third running back out. You're down to only your one running back now. Yeah. You're down to – you're down to – because your fullback's even gone. Right. So you're just down to your third, your third uh, down back, Milwaukee Moore, and the Steelers could not get into Jeff Reed's range, so they had a punt. The Ravens surrendered their final timeout when McLean got hurt and limped off with less than a minute to go. Baltimore did something that a lot of people did not expect here. They opted to take a knee and try their luck in overtime when a lot of the, the Ravens fans were not happy about this because – they could have tried to get into range and score, but they did not want to risk it. Tony, that was a really crazy call on Harbaugh's part. Right. What were your thoughts? Well, at the time, I thought he was doing that because he has a rookie quarterback starting for him. I think had, had it been a few years later, even a year or so later, after, after Flacco would quickly grow some, uh, gain some major experience in the playoffs, he probably would have would have trusted his, his, his young quarterback more. But at that point, I think he was, he, was, he was a young coach. And maybe if he had to do it over again, he, he might have done things differently. But at that point, I think he was just – he thought maybe if, if, they get the, if they get the ball in overtime, they could, they could go for the field goal then. So they go into overtime. Ravens win the coin toss. You hear Ray Lewis yelling like always. Um, everything he did was just vociferous. We want to <laughs> receive. We want to receive. We want to receive. Fourth time, we want to receive, which they did. He yelled it four times. Right. And on the replay, I, I know you heard that. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
it was just uh it's like hmm ray's not decided on this one um mm-hmm. so i'm scared here tony um stover's a really accurate kicker right and they had sudden death rolls back then it was uh you weren't going to have the uh, the new roles until about three years later, where each team is going to get an opportunity to uh, to score in overtime. So if they go down and they get in a range, it's over. Um, nerves were really tight. Yaman figures made it even worse. He had a great return past the fifty yard line, and I'm going no. I'm sure you're yelling no. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was definitely uh, tense. But here's the great thing. It was negated by four flags. <laughs> and the tr- there was four flags on the kickoff. So you knew it wasn't valid. And, but my heart was in my throat at that point. The drive begins at the Baltimore 15. Bryant McFadden, who always knew when to come up big. He came up big in that Colts game at mm-hmm. the end when the Colts were driving after the Bettis fumble and the – immaculate tackle by Ben Roethlisberger. He comes up big again in this game. He had great coverage on Derek Mason. And then Timmons, who, uh, who got trampled earlier, had a third down sack of Flacco. So the Steelers are going to get the ball back. Uh, the Steelers um, had a shot at the win. Ben goes deep to Santonio. It falls complete, incomplete. On third down, though, Moeldy Moore takes a short pass. And he rumbles for 24 yards. And the Steelers were in range for your boy, number three. Say it. I, I love when you call him this. Jeff Skippy Reed. <laughs> Skippy Reed. A few plays later, number three comes in. 46-yard attempt. Was there any doubt for you that he was going to nail this? There was no doubt. There was no doubt at that point. Uh, I, I thought uh, maybe Harbaugh would call a timeout, but I don't think he did at that point. I can't remember, but... But I, I knew he, I knew he, 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 that was before he had his struggle. So I knew he would, he would make it. Right through the uprights from 46 yards out. The referee puts his arms up. The Steelers win in overtime. The Hinesfield fans, there's much rejoicing. I know you're going crazy, right, Tony? Yeah, I, I was, I was going nuts with my uncle at Canes. Uh, but the thing I remember about that moment is, you know, Mike Tomlin, who was still a young coach at that time, how excited he was. And you could hear him going, yes. Like you heard Ray Lewis screaming, we went the ball, screaming yes and, and pumping his fist. I mean, he was real. I think he, he recognized what a big win that was and how, how much adversity that they overcame to win that game with the injuries and everything. So I'm screaming with joy. I'm, I'm going crazy. And remember, I'm in a bedroom with my wife and a 13-month-old kid. Connor starts crying my wife starts yelling. <laughs> I'm apologizing as I'm lying through my teeth. Oh, I stubbed my toe. I stubbed my toe. <laughs> Four times like Ray Lewis. I stubbed my toe. Stubbed my toe. <laughs> um, she goes back to bed and guess whose job it is now to get a screaming child back to sleep, which was a real chore back then. The kid has a great sleeping regimen now. He's 13. He has no bedtime because he knows when he's tired. And it's always mm-hmm. a good time. He gets up early. He's great. Back then, it was horrible. So now I'm in a rocking chair, and I'm whispering to my son the significance of this game as I rocked him back to dreamland. And I'm thinking, you know, this is my first bonding moment with my son. And it just felt right, Tony. I felt like the king of the world. And the Steelers were now 3-1 and one on the season. 
and on their way to another Super Bowl, they were going to beat this team two more times this season to go 3-0 and against these, this division rival. And I was feeling glorious, Tony. How were you feeling? I was feeling, I was feeling really, really good. I think I still have the newspaper saved from, from, from that game. It was, a, it was a, one of my favorite Steelers-Ravens games, and there's been a lot of great games between the two of them. And, and who knew at that time that this was just the, the first round of three memorable rounds between two great rivals in 2008? You know, Tony, we've gone back in time a long time. We've gone 40-plus years. But, you know, sometimes you don't have to go back too far to talk about a fantastic game. There's a, there were the glory years, and the glory years keep coming for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I hope 2020 is a glory year again, because I'm really feeling that as well. But this was the last time that we were going to celebrate the Steelers winning a Super Bowl, and this was a huge part of it. If they don't win this game, Tony, what happens? They likely probably have to go into the playoffs as a as a wild card, and and all butts are off. Then I mean they they basically they were the number two seed that year, but they they got to play the AFC title game at home. So if you're the wild card team, you don't get to play any games at home. So it would have it would have changed their the landscape for them tremendously. And they're playing this game in Baltimore, yeah. Which, like you said, all bets are off. Right. So it was great going back in time with you, Tony, my man. I love talking about this game, and uh, it's, it's even better when I'm talking about it with you. Oh, I, 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 I concur. It was, it was a spectacular year, and, and it's one that, that, that Steeler fans, including you and me, will cherish forever. So for Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. From BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, this has been the Steelers Retro Show. Tony, you can take me away. I don't mind. But like Huey Lewis says, you better promise me, Tony. Get back in time. I'll be back in time. All right. For Tony, I'm Brian. I'm bad. We will talk to you next time on the Steelers Retro Show. See ya.